0: Last week we heard Simon Peter ask the Lord Jesus about the measure of mercy required of us by the gospel. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? But the Savior insisted that our forgiveness of others must be without limit. I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. In other words, our mercy for others must be unbounded because God's mercy to us, like his glory, is unbounded. And in the Gospel today, taken from chapter 20 of St. Matthew, the Lord Jesus doubles down on this saving truth by revealing that in the kingdom of God, there is no distance between justice and mercy. The parable of the laborers in the vineyard is deliberately provocative and stands on its head our normal expectation of what constitutes justice. The men who work only one hour are paid exactly the same as all the others, and the men who work 12 hours in the heat of the day are angry at the perceived injustice. Now remember, the point of this parable is not to show us how to run a business If we tried to conduct our economic affairs in this way, then in short order, we would all be bankrupt, homeless, and hungry. But the parable is not a lesson about fair trade or social justice. This parable, rather, teaches us how we come to the kingdom of heaven. And each of us comes to the kingdom, if we come at all, only by the free and gracious call of God. Some of us answer that call in childhood, while others come to the Lord as young adults or in their middle years. Still others respond to the call only in the afternoon or evening of life, with a few coming to Christ only in their final days or hours on earth. But because the Lord of mercies is infinitely gracious, all who accept his invitation are welcomed to his kingdom with the same joy and the same unconditional love. No matter when they accept the grace of God. But here's the problem the latecomers receiving an equal share of mercy may be unwelcome news to those who, like the older brother of the prodigal son, attempt to live in keeping with the word of God all their lives. After all, why should the profligates receive the same blessing as the obedient? Isn't that simply a reward for bad behavior? And here's the answer to that paradox. The same grace given to the latecomer as to the lifelong disciple is not a reward for bad behavior, because being invited to the kingdom of God is not a reward even for good behavior. Sharing the divine life of the Most Holy Trinity is not, in fact, a reward of any kind. It is rather the free and unmerited gift of God to his creatures the gratuitous offer of eternal life and perfect love given to those who have no claim on it in any way, from any title, or for any reason. And that call is continually offered to all human persons because God desires that all men be saved and come to knowledge of the truth so that we can share his glory forever as his beloved children through the grace of adoption in Christ Jesus. So, the gift of salvation cannot be earned or purchased by any means. But this gift is offered to every human person without exception by the divine Redeemer of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by his atoning death on the cross frees us from the grave and by his glorious resurrection raises us to the life of the new creation when we accept the grace of salvation through faith, hope, and love. You see, in the kingdom of God, there is no distance between justice and mercy because they have been united and reconciled by Christ on the cross. And once we have been made a new creation in Christ through baptism, then God the Father sees and loves in us what he sees and loves in his Son, no matter when we come to him. All that is asked of us is that if we accept Christ's free offer of grace, is that we live, as St. Paul puts it today, in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. Because while the grace of God is free, it is not cheap. Of course, here the scoffer will reply, okay, so I'll give up my willful ways just in time to sneak into the kingdom at the last minute. But for now, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Friends, that is just another lie of our ancient enemy who is a murderer and the father of lies. Because here's the truth. Sinners don't really laugh. They only smirk. And the saints don't truly cry. They cry out, even in suffering, Hosanna, Alleluia, glory to God in the highest. You see, sin always makes us sad, while holiness is the perfection of everlasting happiness. Those who know the truth of the gospel are the first to discover why they exist and how they should live to find true happiness and interior peace. While those who rage against the eternal word live in a constant state of confusion and adolescent tatrum, which leads only to sadness and then emptiness, and finally, to despair. And that is the first reason we should never wait to accept the call of God. A second reason is this. We do not know when we will die. That is why the prophet Isaiah exhorts us, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way, and the wicked man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy to our God, who is generous in forgiving. A third reason not to put off heeding the call is that the truth of the word of God is the full truth of the human person. Yes, knowing that truth early in life brings obligations to those who follow the Lord, obligations which pagans refuse to accept. But knowing the truth of the gospel also brings the light and life of the world into our lives now. And that in turn changes us from the inside out. Knowing, loving, and serving the Lord Jesus changes how we experience everything in our lives, the burdens and the blessings in equal measure. And so in the second lesson, Paul can declare to the Philippians that Christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or by death. Friends, death comes for us all. But no pagan could ever speak of death in the way St. Paul does. A fourth reason to answer God's call today is sung by the psalmist to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name forever. We were created to praise the glory of God. And when we know that truth and accept it with the obedience of faith, then we find the glorious freedom of the children of God and can then live in sweet liberty from our own disordered desires by living for the praise of his glory. And in that freedom from sin is the beginning of wisdom and the true flourishing of every human person. It turns out that working hard in the Lord's vineyard, bearing the heat of the day and the burdens of labor, is the very best way to lead a deep, rich, full, authentic human life. While waiting to the end of the day to begin the work of faith is just an idle path of self-absorption that renders our lives aimless, graceless, and pointless. And that is just a wasted life. By our baptism... We have all been made missionary disciples of the Lord Jesus, and it is our sacred duty and high privilege to share the gospel of salvation with everyone we know, some of whom will receive the grace of the word of God with joy, while others will reject it and scoff at our supposed folly for working all day in the heat when we could cool our heels until the very last and still join the party. But no matter who will accept the call, who will reject it, and who will try to delay deciding, we must always bear faithful witness by our words and by our lives to the one who is the wisdom of God and the power of God, the eternal and incarnate word of God, the one alone who is the way, the truth, and the life, the Lord. Jesus Christ.